0: Welcome, everyone, to Today's Autistic Moment, a podcast for autistic adults by an autistic adult. My name is Philip King Lowe, your host, and I am an autistic adult. Please visit my website, todaysautisticmoment.com. In my web address, Today's Autistic Moment is all one word, with no apostrophe between Y and S. You can also send me an email at one or two of my two email addresses. One address is p-k-l-o-w-e at todaysautisticmoment.com or todaysautisticmoment at outlook.com On my website, all the way to the upper right hand corner, you will find a hamburger menu. If you tap or click on that menu, you'll find more information about the podcast, myself. You will find episode information and an episode index and lots of ways that you can be part of this wonderful podcast adventure for me and for the autistic adult community. This first segment of today's Autistic Moment is sponsored by the Autism Society Minnesota, Minnesota's first autism resource. The Autism Society of Minnesota is celebrating 50 years of serving Minnesota's autism community. Visit them online at ausm.org. Each one of us remembers March 2020. It was not that long ago, but it seems like forever. When we first heard those words, COVID-19, and or coronavirus. The world changed overnight and has never been the same since. There is no person, country, culture, economy, government that has not been affected in one way or another by this horrible pandemic. The news of death and illness and all of the uh, social restrictions, including wearing masks and practicing social distancing, it's all like this huge nightmare that never goes away. For many of us who are autistic adults, COVID-19 has been routine change, on top of routine change, on top of routine change, and other routine changes, when so many autistic adults just have such amazing challenges dealing with routine changes. And while even non-autistics have been dealing with routine changes that are complicated, Autistic adults have a different way of dealing with these routine changes because of our individual neurology. And for many of us who have sensory processing disorders, um, the challenges of things such as wearing a mask, having the material of the mask touch our nose, face, or mouth, chin is a sensory nightmare. Another sensory nightmare that many of us are really finding it challenging to deal with is uh, telehealth or other healthcare services offered through zoom and other meeting um, apps and devices. Um, there are just so many whom that video recorder that that video uh, app is just just a terrible, terrible sensory experience. Um, for many of us, our social supportive networks are gone or so vastly changed that it is just simply terrible, and those losses are deep. Um, as I've indicated, COVID 19 is terrible for the entire world, but there are hardly any networks or programs that are talking about how COVID-19 has affected autistic adults. Well here on today's Autistic Moment in this episode, I am going to be talking with Olivia James about the effects of COVID-19 on autistic adults. Olivia works in the Office for Communications and Marketing at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Olivia is a superb speaker with a wealth of information and just an amazing way of delivering that information when she does a presentation or leads a meeting. And that's why I've asked her to join me today. Olivia worked with the Autism Society of Minnesota to develop uh, a little guide to help individuals with autism work on um, sensory balancing and, and scheduling and just great ways to help with our day-to-day personal care needs. So please join me in welcoming Olivia James. Thank you so much for enjo- for joining me today, Olivia. Um... I have been so privileged to work with you um, in terms of doing um, the, doing presentations at the community summit and then the state conference. Um, you do a lot of work with uh, bringing all the speakers and the presentations together and our, our, our handouts and everything. And I've also been to a few of your presentations in the past and have found your information very helpful to me. And so um, I wanted you to come on to my program today to talk about how COVID-19 is affecting the lives of autistic adults. Um, because this COVID-19 has changed so much of everybody's life, and, but it is so difficult for people to understand how something like COVID-19 affects autistic adults. So, Olivia, let's start with my first question that I ask on every show. What information do autistic adults and our caregivers need to know about when it comes to COVID-19? Yeah,
1: this is, <clears throat> that's a, a, a great question um, that has a lot of answers. Uh, yeah. Because there is so much information and misinformation um, yeah. that is out there right now, and... I know that for me and, and many of my autistic friends, one of the big challenges of COVID has been trying to sort out what a reasonable response is to everything. Yeah. Sort out who to trust and how much to trust them. Um so finding the right information is incredibly challenging right now. Yes. Uh, I think the first piece of information that i'd want to give autistic adults and caregivers is that it's okay to feel anxiety about that and it's okay to feel like you don't know um that's a space that we're all in right now and giving yourself the permission to have that anxiety um i think can make it a little bit easier to manage
0: absolutely yeah i mean i mean autistic adults like us we have these this time with routine changes and these routine changes are like an explosion of routine changes you know and so where we have difficulties just dealing with one it feels like this COVID-19 is such an explosion I don't know about anybody else but I often feel overwhelmed by those 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 changes
1: yeah yeah I feel like everything has changed um right which is not my preference
0: uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, no, not at all.
1: Yeah, I would, I would also suggest um, for autistic adults and their caregivers to find a source of information about the pandemic that they feel comfortable trusting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I am not by any means an expert in diseases, so I am not going to speak to what the information about the pandemic itself is. Uh, right. I'm want to step into anything there. Um, I do know that in Minnesota, our local government has had a pretty strong response to the pandemic, and I have felt good about listening to the information they're providing. And that no. helps me to feel more comfortable um, looking to them for guidance. Um, if that doesn't feel comfortable to you, you can look for someone else that that does feel comfortable to you. Um, yeah. But I think it's nice to feel like there's some source of authority in this chaos. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Some kind of with uh, some kind of source that that feels like it's on our side, that doesn't feel like it's working against us, I yeah, think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um Have you seen many sources of information out there for autistic adults during this time of COVID-19?
1: No, not a ton. Um, So when we very first in Minnesota started quarantine back in, I think it was late March, um, I put together a guide for the Autism Society of Minnesota about being at home, social isolation, quarantine, sort of, Honestly, it was me writing down all of the things that I thought would be helpful to me. Um, and I said, why not get paid for that uh, <laughs> and, and share this with other people? Um, and as I was doing research for that, I found very few things that provided information for autistic adults. There were quite a few places that were providing guides for autistic children. Um, right. Yeah, so helping parents support and manage their kids as they're moving to virtual school, which don't get me wrong, that sounds like a big thing that I do not wanna handle. Um, no. But, but nobody was really looking at the needs of, of adults. Um, so I put together this guide, which you can find on the Autism Society of Minnesota website. And we've also um, posted a bunch of links to other resources, some of which are specific to autism, many of which are general mental health recommendations, Mm -hmm. which I find fairly helpful, you know, just managing anxiety during the pandemic. um, You know, that doesn't necessarily have to be autism specific to be helpful.
0: After this commercial break, I will continue with my interview with Olivia James as we talk about the effect of COVID-19 on autistic adults. Stay tuned.
1: Wouldn't life be great if everything fell in place? Sometimes our lives need a little rearranging. One of the most challenging times is when we experience a major transition, such as job exploration, moving to a new place, or simply when you are defining your path in life. During these challenging times, individuals can feel like there's a great river between you and where you want to go. Looking forward life coaching helps carve a path to the destination that's right for you, then lay the stepping stones so you can accomplish your goals. Visit us at LookingForwardLC.org for more information.
0: Support for today's Autistic Moment comes from Best Care Home Care Agency. Best Care offers PCA choice, homemaking, and 245D services throughout the metro and greater Minnesota. Visit their website, bestcaremn.com, to learn more about their services.
1: Hello, autism community. This is Ellie Wilson, Executive Director at the Autism Society of Minnesota. The Autism Society of Minnesota is pleased to support this new podcast, Today's Autistic Moment. Everyone in the autism community deserves access to resources. Deciphering information can be a challenge, and we are glad to be a part of this podcast designed to share voices of autistic adults and provide access to great information. Congratulations to Philip on the launch of today's autistic moment. The Autism Society of Minnesota proudly supports the Minnesota autism community. To learn more about our programs and services for autism advocacy, education, support, collaboration, and community building, please visit AUSM.org.
0: Welcome back to today's autistic moment. Today I am speaking with Olivia James. About how COVID nineteen affects the lives of autistic adults. Let us continue with Olivia.
1: My my philosophy around getting information is steal from the neurotypicals whenever you can, <laughs> um, and then make it up the rest of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not like we have this long line of autistics, you know, lining up to get information and put it out there, uh, well, you know, not like, not like we'd like it to be, I yeah. should say.
1: Weirdly, I find that Pinterest and mom blogs are some of the most helpful sources of information for me because they have a lot of resources on like daily living, managing cleanliness, figuring out how to organize your house reasonably, and lots of sort of hacks for doing that in a, in a way that doesn't just say like, try harder. Um, yeah. But that says like, Oh, here, are here are ways you can make that easier for yourself, which is an overlap that I never expected. But when I started looking at it, I was pleasantly surprised to find that I could use a lot of those.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your guide. Tell Tell us a little bit about what your guide covers.
1: Yeah. So Again, this was created towards the beginning of quarantine. And I think if I were to take another look at it now, I might adjust or add in some things. But um, what is in there right now is a section focused on managing your mental health. Um, I'm just going to share my most useful piece of information that I share every time I speak at anything, which is that if you do nothing else that I suggest, please, please, please focus on sleeping consistently and enough eating enough and, you know, with some vegetables sometimes, drinking some water and going outside and moving your body sometimes. Yeah. You know, those seem like really un- unexciting things, but it's so easy to forget them, especially when you're in crisis mode. And when you don't do those things, everything else suffers. So right. that's my big bold, like try to do these things and everything will be slightly easier
0: right right yeah yeah i really encourage my listeners to go to awesome.org and look for this uh this guide for um autistics during the COVID-19 crisis there's lots of great information there including some ways to um balance the sensory the sensory everyday kind of between things that you look at things that you hear things that you do you know places where you are those sorts of things there's lots of great information out there and um it also includes for example how to create a schedule for yourself so that you can you know sort of map out your day around your sensory processing um and 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 i know that for a lot of us on the autistic spectrum we're looking for a new sense of predictable <laughs> being predictable and, 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 and COVID-19 is so unpredictable um, that this is at least a way to try to um, structure our life around the unpredictable right now so um, that's why I really encourage my listeners to go to uh, awesome.org and you will find that that guide On that website.
1: The first thing that I did when I found out I was going to be working from home indefinitely was to sit down and write down all of the things that I would like to get done each day and then build my ideal day schedule Um, because I knew that if I went into this time without a plan I would melt down. Um, I would not know what to expect during my days Um, so if you have not created and you don't have to always follow that routine is the other piece. I think a lot of us right. sometimes feel like once we've created a routine, um we must follow it. Uh it's just a guide. It's something so that right. if you're feeling uncertain about what to do next, all you have to do is look at your list and say, That's what I'm going to do. Um and it takes the yeah. answer.
0: Yeah. Let's move on to our second question that I ask every show because all this information is so important that it's out there. But what are the barriers for autistic adults during this time of COVID-19? What are those things that may be happening that is difficult for non-autistics to understand or they don't really experience like we do?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what, is, what? What are some of those barriers? Can you talk about that for me?
1: Absolutely. There are... So many of these right now. Um, right, I think we're all feeling that. Um, the biggest and most obvious one to me is that accessing services is harder than ever. Right. Was Absolutely. Never, yeah, it was never easy for us to get services, but now, you know, if we have PCAs, that is complicated by the fact that entering someone else's home is not always safe. Um, right. If we see a therapist. Now we have to figure out telehealth, which let me just say is not my favorite as an autistic. That's, I do not love phone calls and video phone calls a whole lot. So um, living in this world where everything is done remotely has been a big challenge for me. Um,
0: Yeah. The
1: the change in routine is huge. And I know that we've touched on that already, but All of the things that I had put in place as accommodations for myself are now gone because my circumstance has changed completely. Um, You know, I used to be able to look at my boss because I have very high anxiety, Uh, not (laughs) unexpected. I used to be able to look over at my boss and be like, you're not going to fire me, right? And she'd be like, no, that's silly. Um, That doesn't work the same when I'm not sitting next to her. Uh, I don't get that reassurance. We don't get to during our weekly check-ins kind of chat a little bit about how we're doing. Um, Things are much more focused because you know that you are sort of on the clock with those Zoom meetings and you're getting tired of staring at those Zoom meetings and you want to be off them as soon as possible. Um, So I know not everyone has sort of those small accommodations in that way, but I think all of us are struggling with how do we get our needs met when we aren't necessarily with people the way we used to be You know, maybe you're working retail and you have to wear a mask all day and that's a sensory challenge for you. Um, A lot of things have changed and it's not only the fact that we've lost the accommodations, but it's the fact that we've lost them all at once while losing our routine and so well dysregulated. We have to try to figure out how to build up a support system again, which is super hard. And in the first, like when I did it the first time around, it took me years to build up all the supports that I had.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it it takes a long time to build up what what you need to actually make life work without a pandemic. And now during this pandemic, those things are, are more complex than they've ever been because like you said if somebody isn't fond of of zoom meetings for telehealth and i mean there are some people on the spectrum who that video chat could be a high sensory problem yeah. it it, it, just, it just doesn't work for them but they're they're in this place where they have to make that choice because otherwise they don't get the mental health service you know and for and i know for many of us not getting that mental health service is, is, is it's essential for that that service is essential for us to feel like we can live from one week to the next
1: exactly yeah. i think that's something that i've experienced and i've talked to a lot of other autistics who have felt this way is that we are feeling like we are having to balance the pros and cons of a bunch of awful options in order to survive um, exactly for example, I do aerial fitness. I, I sort of Cirque du Soleil style flipping around in the, mm. in the air. Um, and I love it. It is a huge part of my self-care. Uh, it's it's It gives you a bunch of sensory input that's really, really great. Um, and the studio was closed for quite a while and I couldn't do it and it reopened and I tried not to go back at first because I felt that it was unsafe to be in that circumstance, you know, being in a a group of of people in an enclosed area, um, working out seemed like a a bad choice to me. Um, The longer I waited, the more I realized that I was beginning to feel unsafe in my home without that input. And I had to make the choice to potentially put myself at risk of COVID so that I could meet my needs and be healthy and safe.
0: Right. Um,
1: and I think that's something that many people outside of the autism and and mental health communities in general don't understand is that the stakes for us are much higher.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that I prefer to stay indoors as much as possible anyway. And so, um, but I also feel like... Um, um, that if my stepping outside could create a bigger risk for me, I would almost rather avoid that risk. yeah and and, and and I feel like sometimes trying to explain that to somebody is is a lot more difficult than it should be. but the the fact is is that um I have these social communication barriers, body language. So such, and so, I feel a little like my autistic challenges also puts me at a disadvantage of not feeling like I can step out and step out safely, and 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 and, and you know protect myself from a social a social interaction that wouldn't be healthful healthy for me mentally. Yeah, you know and and. and And that COVID-19 has put on me the need to kind of shield myself even more there than usual.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand how much we have thought through our decisions. Uh, I I rarely meet autistics who are kind of spontaneously deciding to go out without really considering the ramifications of that. Um, whether we are deciding to be very cautious or deciding to go out a little bit, in all likelihood we have put a lot of thought into that and there are factors that other people do not know about that have impacted.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Olivia. I
1: want to add um, one thing go ahead, go ahead. Really quick, um, in this section because we've talked a lot about like barriers and challenges and stuff but um, I also want to highlight that this time for some autistics is actually a source of, of a place of autistic strength.
0: Yes, many, go many ahead.
1: Of us to um, thrive more easily on our own or have the ability to entertain ourselves better than neurotypicals. Um, mm-hmm. And having the time and space to be able to do that, for, for some of my autistic friends, it's been great. Um, yeah. And I've I've also found that the longer I've been at home and completely in control of my physical space, the more I've been able to create situations that meet my sensory needs. Like I've started working sitting on the floor, um, and that is so much more comfortable and productive for me than any other work setup I've ever had before, mm. and having this space to explore my own sensory needs has been actually a big benefit and allowed me to lean into the places where I thrive. Um, So as much as there are really, really big challenges, and I don't want to downplay those, I do think there are certain areas where autistics can rely on our traits to get through this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Often us autistics are stronger than we're giving credit for, sadly to say. But that is is the case. After this commercial break, I will continue with my interview with Olivia James as we talk about the effect of COVID-19 on autistic adults. Stay tuned.
1: Support comes from Minnesota Independence College and Community, a life and career skills program for young adults with autism and learning differences. Help a young adult take a step towards their independence and a vibrant life. Learn more at miccommunity.org.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Philip. I hope you are enjoying this episode about autistic adults. And COVID-19. Some announcements about upcoming episodes. One episode is about autistic adult and ableism. My very special guest is Sue Swenson. Sue Swenson was the Deputy Assistant Secretary in the Office of Special Education and Rehabilitative Services in the Obama administration. Her insights into people with disabilities, in particular autism, are valuable to help autistic adults to recognize ableism. You will not want to miss this informative show. The next episode I want to highlight will be aging autistic adults and what we needed yesterday. My guest will be Dr. Teresa Reagan, a neuropsychologist and certified autism specialist. Dr. Reagan is the author of the book, Understanding Autism in Adults and Aging Adults. Join us as we talk about all that is unfortunately not happening with information to assist aging autistic adults with their needs in the present and future. We hope this conversation will help advance some robust advocacy for autistic seniors. The final episode I want to mention is Autistic Adults, our own brand, make, and model, my good friend Robin DeCourcy will join me as we talk about neurodiversity among autistic adults. For more information about today's autistic moment, go to todaysautisticmoment.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Welcome back to today's autistic moment. In this final segment, I will be uh, finishing up my interview with Olivia James about the effect of COVID-19 on autistic adults. And now let us return to the interview with Olivia. Let's talk about, about how do we advocate for ourselves during this time of COVID-19? What are the steps we and our supporters need to take um, for autistic adults during this COVID-19 crisis?
1: Yeah, so caveat here, this will look different for everyone. Um, Your needs and supports will look different from anyone else's. So I'm going to try and hit on some generalizations, but if something I say doesn't resonate with you or doesn't work for, for you, that's totally okay. Uh, take what you need. Um, I do think that step number one, and this is something that I have found particularly challenging during this time, is figuring out what do you need? Uh, What is it that you want out of your situation? If you are feeling uncomfortable or like things aren't working for you, what would help it feel better? Um, Because I think often we know that something isn't quite right. <laughs> you know, we know that we're uncomfortable. We know that we have anxiety, but figuring out what actually would feel good is much more challenging. Right. We- and,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and also there's the fact that, uh, many of us autistics, we don't like open-ended questions or can we answer those? Yeah. So here we are asking ourselves open-ended questions that we have to try to answer. So yeah. we get to have a little, fun with, a little fun with our own challenge, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Yes,
0: yeah, so, but go ahead, continue.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for that, for, for that challenge is that we don't really have models of what autistic thriving looks like. Exactly. You know? um, yeah. I, I was just talking about working on the floor. The reason I came up with that idea was because I was complaining on Facebook and saying that my ideal work situation would be like a little pod that just supports every part of my body. And one of my, ah. said, one of my friends said, why don't you lay on your back and Velcro an iPad to the bottom of a table? And I was like, I have never thought of this before. This has never occurred to me that I could be on the floor. Um, and that changed my perspective completely. So mm. finding... So this one, one big suggestion I would have is talking to other autistics. Um, they have so many suggestions and have tried so many things that if you are struggling with how to meet a need, they often will have ideas for you that you never considered. Um, yeah. And if you are struggling with that open-ended question piece of it, I like to narrow it down. You know, if I can come up with two possible supports and be like, do I like A or B? Which one do I like better? Uh, Let's start with A. And if that doesn't work out, can I come up with another one to compare it to? Um, Yeah, you don't have to start with everything in the world. You can start with just one piece.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to kind of take this time to talk a little bit about something that I do with to hopefully help uh, some of the people who are listening. You know, over these past few years, I've had to Recognize some of my own physical limits, and um, as time has gone on, I have had to slow down and give my give myself permission to slow down and think a little bit more before I decide how I'm going to reach down and pick something off the floor, or how I'm going to, you know, you know, do a particular task. And it's okay if you have to slow down and go through that thought process. You're not you're not being difficult, you are not in people's way, no matter how much you might think you might be in other people's way, you have to do what will work for you to get you from that point A to point B that works best for you. And if slowing down to think about your steps or plan your steps is going to help that, then doing that, it's a wonderful thing that you can slow down to do that. And of course you should, because nobody knows as much about the steps that you need to take than you do, because only you know your autism as well as you do. And that's why every time I give a presentation, including the one I gave about the aging autistic community, that the first step to being a good self-advocate is to become the expert, not an expert, but the expert about your autism. When you know about your autism, you can advocate because you know what your autism means for you. So, um, you know, um, I think you agree with me on that, don't you?
1: Absolutely, yes. And even to piggyback off of that a little bit, I have seen some some folks lately who have been downplaying their challenges in this moment because they feel it's not the right time to pay attention to autism. You know, we're, we're having a national conversation about race, we're having a national conversation about the pandemic, whatever is going on in the larger sphere, it's always the right time to prioritize your autistic needs
0: absolutely yeah it's not like we can like we can prioritize a non-autistic person's needs because we're not we're not non-autistic you know yeah that's one of those things that i like to i like to stress for some people i don't have the ability to think like a non-autistic person because i'm not yeah so you know so i i have to think you know as an autistic person how do i advocate for myself during this pandemic and um i think one of those one of those very important um, parts of advocating is, as I already said, be the expert about your autism, but also to be become, be and become the expert about explaining what your uh, what your being autistic means for you. Um, I have said this on numerous occasions, and I I don't feel embarrassed to say it again when we tell our stories about what being autistic means for us we may not feel like people are listening or getting it but at least we're telling the story so that some people might try to understand because only i feel like only autistic people can tell others what being autistic means for us and there's no there's there is no greater time, I think, for autistics to tell those who are not autistic what our challenges are like and how and who we are and to tell people about what it means to be autistic. Because I often feel like this pandemic is the greatest, um, and I hate to put it this way, but I'm going to, it's actually the best opportunity for non-autistics to feel a little bit like how we feel <laughs> yes. when when you know you know like you're you're put in a place where you must sit down you must listen and you must learn you know so um you know and and that sort of thing so um so um so please continue what other what other small pieces of advice for um, advocating would you have yeah
1: um one of the big things that has become more a part of my life as I've gotten older is letting go of any concept of normalcy. Um, If it looks weird and you feel self-conscious doing it, but it really helps support your needs, you probably should still do the thing. Um, Like sometimes I chew on things that are made for toddlers to meet my sensory needs. And at different times in my life, I might have felt embarrassed by that fact. And now, I don't at all. It makes me no. <laughs> so much better to do it. And I, I don't care if it's normal or not, honestly. Um, yeah. The idea that fitting into a certain mold is enough of a reason to ignore your needs is just fuck wild to me. Um, and I, I get that people have different levels of comfort around that, but I, I want to encourage people to challenge that, that feeling of like, oh, no, people are going to be looking at me. People are going to be watching me. Um, yeah, so what? Now they know what autism looks like. And maybe exactly. next time they, won't, they won't judge it as much.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you got, you know, so, you know, autistic people, we don't have really a whole lot of choices other than to be who we are. Um, You know, and those choices do put us in some very um, challenging places, but we are still very unique and we are extremely intelligent, more intelligent than we're often given credit for, but we do have a place in this. We do have, we do have something to still give to the world and um, part of our self-advocacy here here. Is 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 um, you know putting our best autistic self forward, and being that autistic self, and and making it the best we can possibly make it. Yeah. You know, um, even you know, and, and, and you know, that's why part of my part of my uh, do's and don'ts on this program is I support the right of every autistic adult to fidget or stim uh, privately or, or publicly in a way, as long as they're not doing something that, you know, doesn't hurt somebody else or themselves, but, you know, it's important to give them the opportunity to, to, to take those opportunities to, to fidget or stim or do something that gives us some kind of comfort or some kind of kind of sense of coming back to, wherever our center is.
1: Absolutely. You know? Yeah. One of the coolest things that I have ever seen was at last year's um, Autism Society of Minnesota conference. Um, we had, I think, our largest contingent of autistic adults there um, we've ever had historically. And we were in much better communication with that group of people than we've been before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And made it very clear to them that whatever you need to do to be comfortable in these sessions is welcome. So I saw autistic adults and kids sitting in the back of rooms, lining up objects by color. I saw them stimming together. I saw them using comfort objects. Um, And that was so beautiful to me. It was a place where I saw, not only did we say, okay, autistics, you can be here, but we said, this place is for you. I'm nice. getting happy here. Um, and I'm getting a little teary talking about it because that doesn't happen very often.
0: No, 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 no. No, it doesn't. But it's, it's, it's so great when it happens. When our autistic community comes together for these state conferences and especially that community summit that we have and, and we talk with each other, we teach each other, we learn from each other that is such a great experience for me. And I know it's a good experience for many many of us. Because, you know, um, I remember one time Jillian was was saying at at the last one in 2019, she said, it feels so good to be in a space where non-autistics are the minority.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so true, though.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, Olivia, this has been really great. I want to thank you so much for coming on to today's Autistic Moment. Um, And I think that you've given us so much information that I feel that is so helpful for people. And um, Olivia, um, if anybody wants to contact you with questions, uh, they can email you, of course.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, I'm just gonna throw this caveat in here. Everything I've said today is my personal opinion, not the professional opinion of the Autism Society of Minnesota. Um, I just wanna make sure that that's clear. However, you can reach me at the Autism Society of Minnesota. Um, My email there is ojames at ausm.org.
0: Thank you, Olivia. And of course, you can always uh, email um, us at today's autistic moment at outlook.com. I remind everybody that today's autistic moment in my email address is all one word with no apostrophe between Y and S. And you may always uh, email us with your questions and, um, and we will do what we can to answer. Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank this you was, for being yeah, here.
1: Was great, thank you for having me on.
0: You're welcome. And now for today's Autistic Community Bulletin Board. The following events are offered by the Autism Society of Minnesota. Please go to ausm.org for more information and to register. One event is entitled Understanding Autism and Best Strategic Practices. Learn common characteristics of individuals with autism and sensory processing disorders. Obtain valuable insight and evidence-based best practices to support autistic people and sensory processing sensitivities. These classes are ideal for caregivers, including spouses, parents, grandparents, group home and day program staff, PCAs, and healthcare staff. Classes are free of charge and will be held virtually in February, March, and April. The next event is Celebrate 50 Years with a Toast to Awesome, a brunch at-home fundraiser. Gather your friends and family virtually on February 28th from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. and eat a brunch of your choice and enjoy some interactive entertainment. Register to become an awesome champion and create a fundraising page. The second collaborative virtual conference organized by the Autism Societies of Minnesota and Greater Wisconsin will take place April 21st through the 24th, 2021. The title of the uh, conference this year is Inform, Influence, Innovative Together. Go to AUSM.org for more information and to register.